0: Welcome back. Episode 11 of the One Broke Actress podcast. An honest account of actor life plus a few lessons. I, your host, Sam Valentine, One Broke Actress, learn in the process. Guys, second to last episode of the season. We are almost there and we're going to end it on some high notes. This is awesome. I have listened back to this episode already, and I am so excited to play it for you today. I sat down with an old friend of mine named David Dean, who is a world-class manager in Los Angeles. His clients are high on the list, guys. You can Google him. You can IMDB Pro him. You can see what his roster looks like on your own time. But for now, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background of what today's episode covers. So David Dean and I have been friends through our CrossFit gym for years. I actually hadn't seen him in a couple years uh, when he sat down to do this podcast with me. So He was a little nervous at first. (laughs) Most people are when they sit down to do the podcast, but um, you know, in his brand of business, he's so focused on his clients, it's not a lot of time he spends talking about himself. So for him to sit down and give me the true behind the scenes of the manager world was incredible, and I just have to put that out there right now that I can't thank him enough for that. Um, Today is... One, for the books, guys, you're going to want to write some stuff down because David Dean not only starts out with telling us how he got to where he was and how he ended up with management and his job, but how in his early 30s, he literally worked from the mailroom of an agency up the upper echelon ladder, how he got to owning his own management company where he is now. He also deep dives us into the the behind-the-scenes of day-to-day life for your reps, what they do, how they do it, how his office functions. He also talks about uh, some of the questions you guys asked me, like how often should you talk to your reps, the true difference between agents and managers, Um, the things he cares about when he's meeting with new clients, like whether they're SAG, what their training is like. Along with some secret tips on what he looks for before he takes meetings. Hint hint, it has a little bit to do with a really good self tape. Sound not nearly as important. All right, guys, that is just a taste of what you're gonna get today. So please sit back, relax, and without further ado, please enjoy David Dean. So we'll just kinda get started. All
1: right. Light the cinnamon candle, that might be annoying.
0: <laughs> have to light the cinnamon candle. I know, but I love serious. that
1: you want to do that.
0: Uh I'm here with David Dean. Hi. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> so on an abrupt turn, we turn on the podcast and I start introducing you even though we've already been talking. How are you doing? I'm good. I am so good. I'm so good. Glad to see you.
1: It's good to see you too. It's been, been too really long. So long.
0: Uh you're really busy. Yeah, as a manager in this town, how did you? Let's like give everyone a little backstory because I know your stories. We've had long champagne nights talking about (laughs) life, Um, so let's kind of bring people in. Like, what's your backstory? How did you wind up in LA slash in this world?
1: Oh, that's funny. Okay, so I actually never went to college. I was always really entrepreneurial in high school, so I started um, after high school just traveling around and just having a great time and living in Europe for a couple of years living in London bartending and traveling through Europe and then I was in in New York working in bars and clubs as well just having a good time and I actually found myself in Toronto in my early 20s throwing parties that's what I did for a living I just threw parties they started with like 500 people ended up with like 20,000 over the course of a weekend and what? like major corporate sponsors and convention centers like and event all this kind planning? of stuff yeah basically but parties. This was like the rave days back then. So then I transitioned from doing raves. I had a friend that came to, um, a music video director. He came to one of my events and was like, dude, if you can do this massive event, like rent this stadium and bring in lighting and sound and security and all the bars getting set up and, and it all happens all at once. You could definitely produce like a low budget music video for me. Easy. My producers all suck. So although I never went to film school." I uh, I agreed to do it, and it went great. He said everything ran on schedule and on budget, like no producer had ever done for him before. So I ended up producing, like, a ton of music videos and commercials. I opened a production company in Canada, did, like, an independent film there and some TV I stuff. And that. Yeah, so... Um, so I'd always just been kind of doing my own thing. And then I was hitting 30 years old, whereas 30 is kind of that age where you look at your life and say like, wait, what am I doing? Like, what's the plan?
0: I just turned
1: 30. All right. Yeah. And you really, you, you like ask those questions. Reflection. It's a rig, yeah. yeah. Where am I going? What have I done? So it was only then that I thought about really having a plan and what I wanted my future to be. And that's when I realized like, okay, if I'm doing all this work, I really want to be somewhere where I can have limitless opportunity. I didn't think in Canada, there was, I was in Canada if I didn't mention that, but I didn't think there was enough possibility there in terms of limitless opportunity. So I decided to cash my chips in there and I did have a friend here, um, Actually, he was an actor who was on Scandal, Guillermo Diaz. He wasn't on Scandal oh, at the time. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But he was like the only person I knew in LA. So I moved here and kind of like stayed with him on his couch and stuff while I was like figuring out what, um, what I was going to do. And in talking to him, uh, he was an actor. And um, so I was able to learn from him a lot about what his team did, what his agents did, manager did. And I realized my skill set would be like perfect to be a manager. Mm-hmm. I, I was really good with creative people. So – as I took the year and got an apartment and burned through a lot of the money from selling my other companies, I met a lot of people. I asked a lot of questions. I had a lot of lunches. Um, to figure out what what my strategy would be coming here. And that's when I realized in the world of like being a manager or being an agent, like you can't really go to school to do these things. Yeah. Like you got to sort of start from in it and grow from within. So I'm sure a lot of people have heard about like starting in the mail room or starting as a Hollywood assistant stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. I went to all the, the top agencies and figured out a way to get an interview at all of them. And I was really bummed because CA and WME at the time, uh, you had to have a college degree to get in the trainee program. So I couldn't get in. So my only shot was UTA. That's the only one that would allow you in the mailroom program. So here I am like this um, guy who'd run two successful companies back in Canada who's 31 now, 32, like begging to get in the mailroom program just to position. deliver mail and not getting accepted to because I didn't have a college degree. So I was smart. I took my time, I met friends of friends of friends, as many people as I could who already worked at UTA to make mm-hmm. sure that when I went in there, I had all these internal agents or or people referring me and putting in a good word. Nice. So I started the mailroom there and I because I did get in. And uh, it physically
0: was it like a mail room? Yeah,
1: it was literally like you're in a mail room in the basement, all the mail would come in. You'd have to, I had keys to the agency, so you'd come in, you'd open up the door of the agency in the morning, and you'd be um, sorting all the mail into all the different re- agents' mail files because there's like three or four floors.
0: The movie Elf, where he's in the basement <laughs> drinking with the mail.
1: Oh guy. my god, yes, it was exactly <laughs> like that. It was kind of a little dungeon scenario, and and um and you would push a mail cart around the agency floor to floor to floor you're pushing around the mail cart delivering mail to all the agents assistants giving them Amazing. all their mail yeah or like packages that showed giving up all and and so much more was carried around town because yeah there was so much this was 10 12 years ago so there was a hell of a lot more headshots getting sent around I mean, like
0: scripts and stuff were mailed
1: scripts getting sent around i mean email existed but there was just there was more hard copy stuff but especially um casting offices at that time, and I swear this was just 12 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, were um, still putting together headshot and resume packets stapled together. We were in that's the other job we had in the mailroom. You had like it all the actors the agency represented all their headshots and resumes were in these each one had their own slot in the room. And so the agents would send down like, we're preparing a uh, a kit for this movie for this casting director so we need all these actors in the kit so you'd be like pulling hack- headshots resumes for each one stapling it together putting it in the binder and you'd get the whole binder together you would felt so proud with a nice little cover letter listing all the eight actors that are in there yeah and they'd be sending those around for submissions or currying them around town yeah like it was a while before people really got used to just emailing headshots and resumes, and no one wanted hard copies anymore. That
0: makes it seem real smooth now.
1: I know. but And yet you think now would make everything move so much faster. We'd have so much free time, but everyone's just as busy as they were before. I guess we all just like take on more work, or there's more volume or something. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I started, in the mailroom, and, and just slowly worked my way up.
0: Did you think you wanted to be an agent first? Were you an agent?
1: I was never an agent. I was an assistant at UTA, which is a talent agency, but I was never an agent. And I guess there was a time where I wasn't too... A hundred percent sure, I wanted to be a manager. I don't know if agent was ever a real thought, but I knew that the mailroom at the biggest talent agency I could get in would give me the most possibilities. Yeah, that I'd be very hireable from there if I was in the trainee program there. So that's why I started there. And and it's funny to this day, I do business with a lot of the people that you know were assistants with me at that agency who are now like partners in major agencies and producers. And that's yeah, awesome. yeah, 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 because it is like a boot camp. Yeah.
0: And you guys all came up together. It was like, you were college.
1: Yeah. And now those bonds are close. Like I trust those people more than I would trust like sort of the newer associates or the newer agents or lawyers yeah. I do business with. Yeah,
0: Well, then that, that's, that's like true networking. <laughs> people yeah. And it takes
1: time, time you know, yeah. to build those relationships and have that trust, you know? So, um, that's why I definitely, you know, when you're starting the mailroom or starting as an assistant, it's like you got to go for drinks with all those other assistants. You've got to spend time. you got to socialize with them. You can't really have lunch. Like when you're assistant, you can't really do lunches like the, the agents and every you know the real executives can. Mm-hmm. But when you're assistant, you can do drinks, and assistants love to do drinks, <laughs> and you can bond so fast with all those other assistants, and it's important. Yeah. You know.
0: That's funny that that's literally important in this town. Um, So when you got out of that world and you started into the management world, if you can break it down for people, what are the main differences between an agent and manager? Because sometimes they coincide so so closely Mm -hmm. that they overlap in areas. Um, especially in the work you do now, like what is the difference for you between agent and manager? You
1: know, it's funny cause people ask me that all the time, especially Canadians, Canadian actors. Cause in Canada, they don't really have that distinction. You kind of just have your agent and they handle everything. So I'm oh. asked that question all the time. Yeah. People the, ask me
0: that all the time too.
1: In the largest sense, like the manager's job is to kind of, you know, guide your career and oversee everything. An agent's job is more specific, you know, and this is like in the larger sense when Mm -hmm. someone has a career that's more robust. But, and I'll talk about sort of the smaller sense in a second. But in the larger sense, yeah, your agent is really supposed to be scanning the town, getting opportunities uh, acting opportunities, uh, you know, and, and presenting them to you. And that's really it. Here's an audition. Here's a script. Here's something we're tracking. I mean, that's really what the agents do, you know? Cause, and cause in the larger sense, when you're the manager, you're figuring out like, all right, well, client schedules clients travel but also in terms of a job like what's the next job we want to do you're talking that client every day well you've been a cop like three times before now we want to find a lighter comedy thing for you Mm -hmm. now we want to find this so I'm reading or a manager in general is reading everything being aware also tracking things oh we know this is coming out we know that's coming out Mm -hmm. you know agents is kind of in the law is are more of a a numbers game and just get you the appointment get you opportunity but also as a manager You're dealing with the lawyers all the time, making sure that they have all those contracts done, all those nuances done. If you're dealing with publicity and appearances and, you know, what kind of publicity we want to do, what kind we don't. And when you do have like a more successful client, they have like personal assistants. They have publicists here and in New York. They have you know, a team of agents, sometimes like, you know, 17 agents are all CC'd on one email. Mm -hmm. Plus they have lawyers. So someone has to know what everybody's doing. And someone has to be that person that everyone reports to and someone's got to have like the final word on everything of course the client always has the final word but someone's got to be in charge of all those people you know it's It's
0: like yeah and
1: you think about the manager of a restaurant what does the manager of a restaurant really do because the waiters are waiting tables the cooks are cooking the food the you know the cleaners are cleaning the managers making sure everyone does their job that's the larger sense that certainly keeps me busy with larger clients i like busier clients who have like a robust kind of business. Mm-hmm. But then when you talk about like a more junior actor or a more developmental actor, someone who just is really more about the next job or when I sign a client, yeah, that's just starting out at that point. I'm like, fuck those lines because <laughs> everyone's got to roll up their sleeves and just get into it. And usually I would say if I, if one of those more developmental actors has agents, You know, again, it's a numbers game. They're submitting. They're pitching all these people, but they're pitching like, you know, sometimes 10, 20, 30 clients for the same role. So as a manager at that point, it's our job to like really get in there and be really strategic, know our client well, know what they're going to be right for, know the few casting offices love them, know the types of roles that they can really nail because we've seen that. We knew they just did it in a play or they did it in a showcase or something. Right. And then you've got this really strategic eye when you see a role come out and you're calling and you're pitching like one role, Or, you know, one actor for that one part. And you have, like, a reason why. So you've got a more strategic, like, arrow shot, you know, to get that client in for it. Then also, but you're then still working with the agents, too. And you're trying to, to, um, I don't want to say it the wrong way. You're trying to inspire them Uh to, like, you know, like... To, like to do it because they're going to, yeah, and it's hard because agents yeah. have a lot of clients and yeah. So it's like, Hey, I just pitched so-and-so for this. I think they're really right. They said, you know, here's what I got back. Do you want to try as well? You know, something mm-hmm. like that. So you keep the agents in the loop on what you're pitching. Um, and the good agents, you know, will you will uh, will knock that ball back over the net your way. They'll give it a shot, you know. So you have that back and forth where together your sleeves are rolled up and you're just trying to get the client those opportunities. And if any ma- manager doesn't do that for a developmental client mm-hmm. – it's just such bullshit, you know. It's bullshit to the agents to say, oh, well, oh, here, agents, here's a list of three things my, this client is right for. Can you try to get them in on them? That's not doing our job as managers when a client is new. Like, everyone's got to get in and do what they can to get the clients the opportunities, So they're just never going to break, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah. We have a lot of listeners who have, are on their first manager or are searching for their first one or something like that. Mm -hmm. The, the passion of like the way you talk about this, I think I wish that every rep could speak like that because (laughs) it gets me excited. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um,
1: That's funny. What, uh,
0: what would you then, how, like how often would you want to speak to like a developmental client then? Because I, there's a weird line between actors feel like they need to leave their reps to do their job but also they want to be in the know and help if they can and sometimes it feels like uh, actors are afraid to even like pick up the phone or send an email but we don't want to be annoying so what's that line
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. I also, and it's funny. Clients, I was How many yeah.
0: clients do you have just so we have a reference? We
1: probably have about there's two managers here and one assistant so we have probably 25 clients, five of them more which in in Canada and just send tapes. Cool. So, um, So there's another manager here, Blair. And so we have like very different lists of people we deal with. You know, we talk to our clients regularly and it's funny, I was talking to an actor friend today who I do not represent, but he's an actor who was talking about the similar situation where he tries to not bother his rep, but he knew of this role he was really right for, that the physical description was definitely him, but also there was like a sort of skill set that he had that made him really ripe for this role plus the show had like had a pin in him a couple times so the show knows him so he just called the manager and his manager kind of gave him you know a hard time about it you know which is so crazy and so disappointing that that happened you know because i feel like we talk to our clients really often and the only And I don't mind when clients call because they hear parts they're excited about or they know they're right for and they call and they heard of it. I don't mind. I think it's great because, you know, then we talk about it and we can usually say we're tracking it already. I think the only thing that I don't like, which my clients don't do anymore or they don't really do, I think because they know they're in good hands, is when clients, what do I call it, ride the breakdowns that drives clients insane and i feel so bad because it's like you're on breakdowns and you're just like oh my god the lead in the next star trek movie is exactly the same height as me and has the exact same color eyes why the fuck am I not going out in the lead to next Star Trek movie? What the fuck, you guys? It's like, like
0: emailing you after okay. every deadline article drops. Is that like? That
1: oh kind of yeah. Thing? Oh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, the deadline thing that the new thing is like, no, we're not. Won't we start casting for next year? And they send that out? No, that happens like never. If it does, I just give clients a hard time about it. But it's hard with the breakdowns because. I don't know. I think it drives clients so batty because there's always a reason whether a role is getting offered or whether they're not, they want like a certain ethnicity or, you know, they have a list of people or I don't even know what, but it's you know, and sometimes they'll release a breakdown and then they don't even get to it still for two months. Or sometimes they release a breakdown and they just cast one session the next day and it's done immediately. So, I mean, that is our job to be on those breakdowns all the time and seeing what's going on and tracking them and all that stuff. But it's so, you know, when clients just see a breakdown, what about this? What about that? What about ever? I mean, it break, it's frustrating for the rep for sure But it also breaks my heart So I think a client feels like they need to do that because then they obviously feel like my reps are not doing their job and don't have my back. I think when reps are like, oh, we pitched you for that or pitched you for this, or you're actually getting appointments or seeing stuff coming in, or the few times you do say, what about this breakdown? And your rep has an answer and say, submitted you called, they're doing an offer, or actually they only had one session. It was yesterday. And your reps like informed about it. Mm -hmm. After you do that a few times, I think you'd probably stop because you're like, okay, everything's handled. Yeah. But if you get some like text answer oh yeah we submitted you we'll see what happens and they're not educated on the role at all or you hear them like typing away to like look what the role is or whatever (laughs) then you're like dude I know something up I can smell it you don't know what's going on yeah Yeah. then you get paranoid and crazy right it's
0: so easy to get that crazy because we are all at home or at our day jobs and just wondering what the hell is happening behind the scenes. And it's just, it's, everyone, I think, tends to get in their own head about that sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: hard to not. How do you track things for clients? Do you have, like, a system in place? It feels like there's so many things you have to be aware of at all times.
1: Yeah. Oh, do you mean, uh, if we're talking about tracking projects, we keep, um, see, we're, it's cool here at the management company, agencies have a different way. Agencies have their, like, grids, right, where they, um, they. they Every agent covers, um, in a different way. You could cover, they could cover by casting director, they could cover by studio and network, but agents job, especially at the bigger agencies, they go around town, they meet everyone, they collect all the information, what's active, what's casting, all this stuff. And they go back and they enter it in their databases so that, you know, all the agents can share it. Mm-hmm. So they track by project. Uh, we of course here don't need to track by project. We track by actor cause we only have like, you know, 25 actors, right? Mm-hmm. So we keep, um, uh, we get the grids from the agencies because we have, again, these friends from way back in the day. They, you know, <laughs> they come in handy because they uh-huh. slip us, you know, their grids. So we get grids from the big agencies. So we go through them. We highlight everything. We write down all our actors' names that are right. What and is then, a
0: grid? Like what, what information is on a grid?
1: So they basically are like breakdowns, but it's like a breakdown page, but okay. it's – um. Uh, their agency's like internal breakdown system so every page would start with studio and the date that it's casting and who's directing it if it's actively casting you know and the roles that are cast what the roles are what it's about all that stuff so it looks it's it's like a version of a breakdown it's basically more or less so so the grids come in like a telephone book you know and um and then we go through and pull all the pages for any project that a client could be right for. And we like different color coding for our clients and stuff. And so we keep the grids and then, you know, uh, uh, Blair might pass over to me like a folder every day, like this one here on my desk here. And so, you know, so then it's like, oh, here's something that he wants me to know for this particular client with their name written down it, or here's, like, a new one. So the ones that are super hot off the presses, we oh, cool. will they
0: do, yeah, they're just like the have around the the
1: Yeah, and then list, and yeah, list the client's name on them that we're pitching, and then we do, like, color-coded Post-its on um, each thing with all, like, the updates. So, like... November 6th it says like email the casting director and then it'd be like November 14th like followed up with a phone call November 15th they said they're not getting to this role until they have this role and then the next note will say okay well you know they're just testing for this one role, but when they have this done, then we'll know if this is, so we just keep writing all the updates, you know, to try to just keep tracking. On a post-it note. Yeah. On a post-it note on top of the page. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do here. I don't know. And it works. And then we're just always updating the folders and all this stuff with like the notes of what we're tracking and what we know and passing them back and forth and all that stuff. That's so
0: cool. But it takes forever to get like,
1: it's crazy. This is what makes me laugh. I don't know if this is like, totally changing the topic a little bit but like to get one appointment like like you said we're getting the grids we're going through we're highlighting everything we're tracking stuff you call the casting director you make a note they say call back next week you call back again they say oh yeah we're starting to look at people you email it then you email again to follow up then you call to follow up in your email then they say we're working on the other roles then they say oh yeah but now we're testing that other role as soon as we have this role we're going to get on the role that you care about then you call back did you get your test no we struck out okay well when are you testing again oh we have a person they're on hold though then it's like you call again and then great they got their person when are you setting up? well submit again well same person i emailed you two weeks ago but okay we'll email you again then they say okay well we're just reviewing term. we think we might be going diverse on this role so let's just put a pin in this person then you call back again oh are you still going diverse no we tested diverse choices but there's no one the director likes so now we're open to Oh, okay what about this person they're like amazing let's get them in
0: for an audition.
1: Oh, my God. This is so great. And that's in success. This is in success. Oh and in success. Yay, we got the audition. Then you call the client. And then, um, you know, the client is the appointment's the next day or something, right? And the client's just like, I worked on this for six hours. You don't know how much work I put into these auditions. You don't know what it's like to be an actor and how much work you have to put in. And I'm like, oh, my God. We've been tracking this project for, like, six weeks now. This has been floating back between mine and Blair's desk with phone calls and emails and tracking and I'm so sorry that you spent six hours preparing for this role and people don't know how hard your life is. Now I know tomorrow while you're off at the beach with your friends all day bitching about how you know you don't get enough auditions I'll be here in the office with Blair passing this folder back and, back forth, and forth for eight hours. Again. And I'm not calling you saying I was in the office eight hours yesterday. <laughs> That's Amazing.
0: I wish people knew that. <laughs> See how the masses will understand.
1: Now they do. Now I'm going to get fired by all my clients. Now
0: we're gonna... <laughs> people are going to email you after this podcast. But it's so much to get one. <laughs> uh,
1: my point is, yeah, so you were asking the process of getting auditions or how we track them. It's like, bananas. It's long. Yeah, it's long. And then, But conversely, though, sometimes a roll comes out, and the next day the, the audition happens. So you have to be ready for both. You can never be like, Oh yeah, this is going to take forever because sometimes the, the auditions are all the next day and they have their choice and you're like, what? You I know how to grow so fast. So you got to be ready for anything.
0: <laughs> so much to learn. When you pick up a client that's developmental and you don't have a lot to like pitch them on and that kind of stuff, yeah. um, especially when you're passing back and forth and giving people multiple calls about why they should bring someone in. Yeah. How do you do that with clients who don't have a lot on their resume?
1: you know sometimes it's easier with newer clients and this is funny too because huh. yeah because if a client is new and see we've been around like long enough so if I'm calling a casting to say oh there's this new you know it usually helps when they're out of town or something or if they're younger or out of school but something like that if you're saying oh this new kid he's, he's just 18 he, I saw him at a showcase you know he's really great he's got a great look you know people are intrigued they're like oh that's really interesting so or in from Canada or you know you can still always make someone totally new you can give an exciting pitch there the hard pitch is someone who's been around for seven years that's the hard pitch because it's and another thing to say oh this person's you know uh, the clients are recurring on this is us and they're in this movie that's coming out with like steve carell this fall and mm-hmm. you know okay well great that client's probably getting in but what about someone okay well they were on a show last year a pilot it went three episodes but it was Cancelled and then since then, well, they get a lot of great feedback and <laughs> some can. But in the twice. last year, they haven't. had yeah, some pins, but uh, you know that's the harder pitch because now you're, you're like right
0: now. So go ahead, <laughs> <James>. <laughs> let's do it.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then, yeah. how, like, how do you make that person stand out in yeah. front of everyone else when you're calling to do the pitch and stuff? So you're really relying at that point. If someone's been around a minute really you know i'm relying on knowing who in that casting office has seen that client before and who Mm -hmm. championed them before or that they've done well for a casting office i mean that helps me yeah because it's like hey remember so and so like they're off their show now they're totally available meanwhile i'm like yeah they've been off their show for a year but i won't mention that part they're off their show now totally available It's like advertising. Remember you liked them so much when you saw them two years ago on CSI Pasadena and there was like, it wasn't quite a pin, but it was definitely a firm hold. Like, you know, like, so that's harder. It's the new, new people. It's easier. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't have thought that. Do you ever take on clients who aren't SAG?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Well, well, not all the time, but like there's two world of clients that I sign, but I do like to sign like those new, especially new younger people that Mm. are like fresh out of, especially Canada or whatever. And, um, like we have a lot of Canadian clients here. here. Well, I'm originally from Canada, so yeah. Canada's hot right now. Canada's so hot right now. Uh, um, I, I do have a lot of people in from Canada and I like to go there and find those fresh new people. And, um. You know, and it's funny, this conversation just happened a little while ago where someone was like, oh, well, they're not SAG and, and, uh you know, is that going to be a problem? I'm like, I don't know if majority of my actors were ever SAG before I signed them, like a lot yeah. of them. I don't even know. And they're like, well, how do we do you like, do we have to get some points or like do it? I'm like, I don't know. We just always figure it out. And it's hilarious that I don't even know clients just get SAG. Like you just figure it out. Yeah. and it, I'm only joking that this happened because only recently in my career was an American kid. He got a job and it was like one of his first jobs. Situation. And, uh, he ultimately wasn't able to do it because they couldn't have to hardly him. I think it wasn't budget. I think it was in terms of time. So let's not blame them, oh, no. but it might've been budget. But anyhow, and I'd never seen that happen before. And I was like, ah, it'll be fine. It's not, it's not a problem. Like no worries. And, uh, he didn't get the job. And it was like this young kid, I think 19 years old, who was like excited. It was a legit oh, first a credit. And yeah, he was really bummed. And I'd shocked. It was like, I, I'd never seen that happen. We always just figure it out. It always just kind of happens. Yeah. So.
0: Do you get bummed out when that kind of thing happens for your clients?
1: Yeah, because I think I can fix everything all the time. Because things go wrong all the time. Everything's wrong all the time. <laughs> Good to you know it's
0: not just us. Yeah, feel like so, that.
1: so that's also the thing when you talk about a manager in the larger sense, you know, who has like big teams of publicists and lawyers and agents and assistants and all that, stylists, whatever. Something's always going wrong. So I also figure my job is like the guy who... um you know the magician who has like the steel spikes and then there's a plate on top, you know, and then there's all this. So they keep the plate spinning on top and then you run and you get the other plate spinning on top and uh-huh. the other plate spinning on top. So clients have like a lot going on in their careers. That's what I say. My job is all day. All I do is run around, keep the plate spinning spin on top, right? That's what I do. And then they all get running and then one of them gets tired. So I got to keep moving it around again. <laughs> but, um, and that's what I do. And I, and I'm fixing problems all the time to keep everything moving. Okay. And I always think, ah, because because I've seen so many, like this is another great thing from being an assistant, was I've seen so many things go terribly wrong. And you get to learn from watching other people's mistakes. So now, you know, people in my office, something will happen wrong, and I see the look on their face, and I see that color drain from their face, but I'm just like, it's fine. It's going to work out. I got this. Like, don't worry. So we need some a client in Atlanta the same day as we need him in Vancouver. Like, don't worry. Like, we got this, you know. And nine Times out of 10, 99.5 times out of 10, I'm right. But yeah, the other day, it was the most heartbreaking thing. Oh my gosh. So... It was like maybe last month where a client was like shooting a pilot in Cleveland. Then she gets a movie with Elle Fanning. You know, the dates overlap. Sick. But the, mo- yeah, but the dates overlap. <sighs> yeah, but the the movies also in Cleveland. What are the odds?
0: Yeah, what are the odds? What I know. Cleveland? It was
1: like so great. And so then we were talking to one, we're talking to the other, you know, that we're figuring this out. Everything's working out. Everything's working out. And it was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get both to happen. This is going to be so well, it work out so well. Then all of a sudden, at the last minute, both, um, the pilot and the movie both needed high schools to shoot in. And, of course, you can't shoot in high school on um, a weekday. Mm-hmm. So they both needed this high school on this Saturday and needed her in both their high schools on the Saturday and neither one would budge. And it was one day, one day, and it fell apart. And no. it was like watching the slowest car crash in the world. When you started doing I started seeing it turn and turn and turn and just, we can't fix this. I don't know. We've tried everything. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And that, the movie pulled, and she couldn't do the movie. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. I know, but she did four other movies this year, so she's, <laughs> so she's <fine>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll get out of it. She'll make it okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: when you figure out, when you take on new clients, for example, or yeah. actually, let's, let's go with the clients you have yeah. as well. Um, how important is training to you? with the clients you have uh, or when you look at new clientele. Okay, guys, I am back with one more little segment with our next sponsor, We Audition. I am here with Darren, and he is going to tell you a little bit about the potential of making your own money while working on your acting.
1: Hey, Sam. So like Sam said, you can actually make money by using weaudition.com. You've just got to sign up as an actor and a reader. That way, when you are free, you can put your beacon on and say, hey, I'm free to help other actors out. And actors will book you and pay you money to help them on their auditions and self-tapes, which is great for you because you're earning a little bit of money and you're also working on your own acting craft. So just sign up at weaudition.com. And is there a a promo code, Sam, for your listeners? I believe there is, Darren. (gasps) What is it?
0: (laughs) If you guys go to weaudition.com and sign up with the promo code BROKE25, you're going to get 25% off your monthly subscription. And not just the first time, every single time, because that's how we roll. And that is just one of the many, many aspects that We Audition offers. So guys, if you haven't checked out the bonus episode with Darren, please check it out for more information. And while you're at it, check out weaudition.com.
1: Uh, I don't so know that so I look, so I just, acting class yeah, like for me, everyone is different. If I'm signing a newer actor who doesn't have like a legit resume or demo reel that I can see and all this stuff, if I'm signing someone newer, for me personally, everyone is different. Yeah. But when they come in the office with me and they sit across from me and like do a scene or do a monologue, it's so awkward. I can tell nothing. Like I don't know what's going on. It's so awkward. I don't know what's up. I don't know. Like sitting
0: I, in this chair. Yeah, like, like if you right were to now. do a
1: thing for me right now, I wouldn't know if it was good or what bad was, or we can sell it or if we can sometimes. not or what. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Like I wouldn't know. But like give me an audition tape against a plane wall. I see that audition tape, and for me, it's not like I'm some genius. But I see everything I need to see and what I can sell. I watch that tape, and I'm like, "Wow, like this is great," or "This person's not connecting," or "Not something that I personally can sell." You know, I see everything from that tape, so I don't look too much on like who they trained with, on what I just watch those audition tapes, and um, and for the more junior people, and then of course, if some for the more junior people. This is what I do is um, I turn off the sound. If I know that they, you know, probably don't have all the training, I haven't graduated school. So if they come here, I would get them to a coach, right? I would get them with a coach. Mm -hmm. But like just to see if it's someone I think who has potential, I turn off all the sound and I just watch because for me – if they can sell it in their eyes the whole time, when they're talking, when someone else is talking, I'm just looking at the eyes the yeah. whole time. Because if they're believing it in how their pupils move and their eyes move and just the nuances and the stuff in no sound, if I see that, like they might mess the words up or they might not do a great job in the delivery. But that to me just tells me that they're there inside. And when I see that in just the eyes, then I'm, then I, I could sign someone just from that and then say, all right, well, now you got to get an acting class. Now you got to do all this. Now you got to do the rest. But for me, that's what like sells it.
0: That's so cool. I
1: know it's weird, right?
0: No, I like it. I get it though.
1: But it's worked for me a bunch of times, which is cool because I do have a lot of actors. A lot of my actors were actually my most successful actors. I've started with all of them at the beginning before they had one. Film or TV credit before one that's like that. So fun! Yeah, that girl that I was talking about who got the the movie that I couldn't do it in the pilot and all those other movies. She, um, yeah, that's how I saw. That's how I got her from like an audition tape. She was in Canada in high school. She was just finishing high school in a small town in Canada, actually, and she worked at a movie theater um, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing a tape that she did and just being blown away and said, like, that I have to meet that girl. So, um, I was in Toronto at the time and her mom and her drove up, um, drove up to see me. And, um, yeah, I did just a really hard sell for them on the spot. Yeah. I don't know. Whoa. I don't know if her mom liked me so much in the beginning. I don't know. I hope her mom never hears this. But I'm not sure. <laughs> I think she did, but she likes me now. I love her. Yeah, her mom's so great. I like her too. I think she was maybe skeptical of me. I don't know.
0: That's, that's so cool that you came looking for her. She must have felt like a rock star. I absolutely would.
1: Um, yeah, I hope so. I don't know. We ha- yeah, she's she's the best out. though. She's so talented. She's really great. Her family is great. Her brother is awesome. Like a really, uh, I really, I'm really happy to have them all. Her. Like, that's that's so cool. Yeah, really, they're like a great group. So yeah, she's cool.
0: What about when you take meetings? like if an actor, do actors send you stuff? Do you like in initial meetings? Cause like I said, a lot of our listeners are people who are like trying to get a manager or switching their reps up or something like that. Yeah. And rep meetings can be, I, mean, I, I love a meeting cause I like meeting. I just like talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> but I know some actors get really intimidated. And they feel like every part of their body is being judged and every look and every sound. And yeah. what is a meeting like with you?
1: Um, Nine times out of ten, more more. I'll do informational meetings for because people, can you meet with my friends a favor? Will you give them some advice? But before I go to a meeting, I already know if I want to sign that person or not because I've seen the audition tape. Like, yeah. and if I uh, So I already know. So if a meeting with me is pretty much like a hard sell. I'm not really auditioning anyone at that point. If I'm going to really call someone for a meeting, most of the time I want to sign them. But um uh, cause I've seen like, cause everything I need is like in that tape, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not really analyzing too much, although I guess I'm trying, you know, although a lot of times I'll sign someone a new person, this is not, there's a different, I guess, like I said, right. There's the version mm-hmm. of the person who's like got a career and got stuff going on mm-hmm. and all that. Then that's a very different meeting, right. We're trying to see that we hit it off with each mm-hmm. other and all that. But if we're talking about someone who is developmental, um, On occasion though, I'll sign someone developmental and then like... Just temporarily. Now let's see if they have the work ethic. Here's a list of classes. Did they go audit them? Here's something to put on tape and to do, you know, Thursday at noon. It may not really be due Thursday at noon, but I say it's due Thursday at noon because I want to see if they're going to get it in at Thursday at 1159 Uh or are they going to get it in Wednesday night? Did they go audit the classes that I said? Like, do they do the things that I say to do? Do they have the work ethic or do the excuses kind of start coming in? Right. And, um, You'd be surprised how quick the excuses come in.
0: It's shocking to me because people, I, like, ugh, people just try, like, they would kill for a really good rap. And then I think so fast things are, uh, the shininess wears away of, mm-hmm. of the good things you can get in this town. And it's like, people don't appreciate what they have and it makes me upset. <laughs> 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 they just come in with the excuse. Like, do you, you, does that happen often?
1: Yeah. I feel like so many people here are not, yeah, so many people here wonder why they're not successful. And there's always a reason why people (laughs) are not successful, if you ask me. There's always a reason. I, I, so many people always make excuses and are lazy or they don't want to hear, they don't want to do what they really like. If there's certain advice that they're given, well, they don't want to do that, but they'll do this, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I'm speaking in general terms, but.
0: Yeah, that's accurate.
1: But I guess that's not even, I mean, now I'm contradicting myself because at the same time, you know, there are people here with like legitimate potential, but they just can't get the shots. Right. I know that's around somewhere. Yeah. But, um,
0: when you have that, that happen to someone, um, who, you know, this like, I don't know why they're not working, like trying to get them auditions is hard do you kind of relook at like headshots real is is that kind of what comes into play or is it more of like a training thing um, cuz it gets frustrating having to get new headshots every second
1: okay <laughs> i i don't believe in headshots at all actually you know oh, yes. I'm tell going,
0: me more david i
1: always tell new clients like just give me a picture that looks like you that's all i need like i don't want all this business with like here's me and all these different looks and i got a new headshot and now i'm doing this and here's me smiling and here's me as a businessman and here's me as like a this person <laughs> do
0: you remember when just we used to do, like a cop hat? and like it
1: was- oh my god i'm just give me a picture that looks like you that's all i care that's all i need is just a picture that looks like you you know like a nice picture that looks like you like quality one but like that's it that's all i need i think that a lot of managers in in my opinion, like get clients to do headshots and all that for busy work to like, just keep a client busy. Oh, got to get new headshots. Got to do all that stuff. I do think like acting classes is like, is always important to be doing it. I think it's important to be like just acting, not just preparing for an audition, auditioning, preparing Mm -hmm. for an audition and auditioning. I think it's important to be acting to just be acting, right? So that um, an audition is just kind of a blip in your week of working with your scene partner and going in front of your class and all that stuff. I don't think everything should be about the audition, I right? Um, I did, did I veer away from your question, though? Uh,
0: yeah, so when you have clients who... Are, it's it's like just not tough, working. Is it just because sometimes it, you know, I hear... For example, I've been hearing often recently, um, they're not really looking for your type right now cute white girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, I, I certainly have clients like I was very fortunate at the beginning of my career. I had a handful of clients who like hit really quick and that would do great things for me and my business. It moves really forward. But at the same time there was uh, now the clients that I like believed in and, but they weren't hitting really quick. So I can only speak like so I don't know if you're talking about clients that don't have reps and can't get in and all that stuff I don't really know about that because I'm a rep so I'm I can speak to my clients who have reps and have auditions yeah. but it's just not hitting and I'll tell you I uh, now that i have been in this business for 10 years as a manager like I flash back to people's posters that are on my wall right now Um, who had a really slow start The career, like would get a guest star, a one-day guest spot on Castle, and that would be their one gig for the year, Mm -hmm. and who were so good, and everyone liked them, and I remember um, saying like, you're good like and I knew they were good and you know you just got to hold on they're like what else can I do do I need to lose some weight do I need to go to the gym more you know should I do this should I change that I got to do something I gotta do something I said you know what you need to do is like you need to keep your head on straight and you need to believe where you're meant to go and you need to prepare for your auditions and you need to look great nothing crazy but you need to look good because that's the industry we're in but You need to be preparing for all your auditions. You need to have a positive attitude. And you gotta believe this is gonna happen for you. Don't freak out. Don't do anything crazy. Don't get panicked. Like, don't lose your mind. Like you gotta like believe it. Like you have to. It's going to come. I don't know if it's gonna come for you in a month or if it's gonna come for you in 10 years. I don't know, but it's gonna come. And it's really nice now that I've been in the business this long, because I do actually have a couple clients now who are on shows and in great movies and have great careers that I had those conversations with the past who were losing their mind because why oh, won't it happen? Why won't all, it happen? all
0: you want to do is like, is find things that you can do. I'm like, I'm going to cut my hair. I'm going to diet. it. I'm going to... Exactly. Go to the gym more and more and more and more. Yeah. And it just feels like you're just like doing things just to do them.
1: And I have some clients now who are having the same concern. And... Um, uh... But I believe in them just as much as I did, like, the day that I signed them. There's this one guy who is probably my oldest client, too. And um, he's so good. He's so talented. You know, actually, when I signed him, how I many? Uh, God, 10 years ago, I signed him. And the first week after I signed him, he tested for one of the leads in Shameless. What? Yeah. Week one. He'd been working already. He did, like, he's been doing some stuff. But, like, it was like, dude, we're off to the races. And since then, you know, it's been... Um, you know, a hard path for him of like working and recurring and stuff here or there, but like, he's so good and he's so distinctive. And to me, he's such a star and, um, you know, he, he, it's going to happen for him, you know, it's going to happen for him, but I'm just like, dude, just hold on. But wow, that day is going to be so great when it does, you know, and I've been able to share those experiences with other clients, Mm -hmm. a client now who's just like, buying a house now you know and who's on like a hit tv show and has a movie coming out with Johnny Depp this fall and it's like um is Johnny Depp a big deal anymore he was when he shot the movie I don't think he will ever not be okay great I think he's demented no I bet he had some drama lately so I don't know Uh, but um but it's so nice to see this client like Getting all that he's due and also he's being such a good person about it he's so grateful and so appreciative and so you know i mean it's just it's awesome to see and it took time and it was yeah. a tough road and there were some panicked moments in there you know and i understand that so uh so it's nice so it does happen but i i don't know i think people just gotta like persevere i guess too. Yeah. um the other advice that I give to clients is like, because every, you you know, you need that thing. You need that like job that gets people excited, right? You book, I've seen clients, they booked that one role. Someone booked like a guest star role in a pilot. It was a one day guest star role in a pilot. So it wasn't, you know, it was awesome to book, but it's not that hard to book. You're not testing in front of all these other people. But like the pilot got picked up they loved him in it so much they wrote him in episode two and episode three and episode four right now all of a sudden like he's got a career now because of that thing that he little hand in the in the in the in the stone wall the first grip that he was able to like start climbing up from there right but a lot of people are waiting for that moment that thing right sometimes I wonder like it's like you know and that's in this day of like social media and YouTube and all that though if people can be like creating stuff on their own if someone really wants to do it really has drive like doing a web series like doing that stuff at, you know comedy skits or whatever skits or whatever Just online keep
0: you, like, in the game keep
1: you in the game and all that you, I guess you never know what's gonna hit or what someone's going to see or someone could really like right like yeah. you know a web series is a lot of work and a lot of commitment but people can do it now and if you have Like-minded friends, like yeah, you can you do a great web series that people pay attention to. At least you're not waiting for other people to say yes. Yes, you know,
0: (laughs) hundred percent. Do you care about social media very much?
1: Oh boy, (laughs) we're gonna be talking for a while now. Here's my thoughts on social media. Now I look, I know not to get into my client list specifically, but like I definitely do spend a lot of time talking about social media and talking directly to a lot like to YouTube or Instagram or Snapchat, people, whomever. So this is like a lot of my life right now, but
0: <laughs> the way you said that,
1: <laughs> well, because the one thing I have to say that I think a lot of young actors are just getting wrong is that no one cares about your Instagram. No one cares about your Instagram, like young actors, aspiring actors out there. Stop taking your photo by pink walls and hashtag summer days and all that moment. I'm telling you, like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Unless it is not a conversation if you're auditioning for a role. It's not even entered in the conversation. Unless you have over a million followers, even then you're not getting the job. It will be just an anecdote. Like, oh, uh, they had a guest spot on um you know, they did a guest spot on uh, House of Cards, and yeah, and they have a million Instagram followers. You know, like it 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 will be mentioned. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the job because you have a million Instagram it's followers. Not
0: that big of a bargaining chip? That no, no. Great.
1: It is not. But over a million, okay, cool. But the, uh, you're not getting over a million unless you're people, on exactly. a successful show already. Exactly. I like think
0: comes with the hey, success.
1: Once you're on a successful show, now there's a different conversation with social media. Absolutely. It's important for you. When you're on a successful show, you need to make the most social media because you need to own your fan base. You need to connect with your fans, figure out who they are, talk to them, because that's your power once the show is done. You have a direct line to your fans. When your show is canceled and you're off the air no one's connecting with you anymore. You're rolling the dice. hoping you get that next show. But if you have a fan base in the millions, then then that's your power because you have an audience and you're connecting with them. And, mm-hmm. and whether you want to do endorsements or not, or whether you want to do merchandise, that's your choice. But you can bring those fans with you and stay connected with them, uh, which is great. But when... You're starting out and you think, oh my gosh, I've got 2,000 Instagram followers. Maybe I'll get 70,000. No one gives a fuck about 70,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> no one gives a fuck about 100,000. In- like, you know who cares about 100,000 influencers? $100,000 Instagram followers? person who cares about 100,000 Instagram followers is Teeth Whitening, Fit Tea. And I don't know what they give you for that, sugar, but maybe sugar, a couple, I don't know. Hair. Yeah. And probably, I don't even know what those people make. A couple but thousand dollars, maybe? I don't even know. To probably. To probably not even.
0: I mean, I have like 2,000 and they've asked me to sell things and it's... But what money? But they want me to buy it at a percentage off. I see. It's it's garbage. It's garbage.
1: I don't know. But anyways, in terms of moving your career forward, doesn't matter. But here's here's what does matter though, is when you do have social media, think about um, how you want to position yourself. That's more important. If I'm going to be like, if I'm like casting serious regulars on my show... Mm -hmm hell yeah, I'm going to uh, look at their Instagram, the people I've tested, just to see what they're all about. I don't, if you have 70,000, if you have 200,000, you're not getting the job for that reason. But if you're like partying all the time, doing stupid, saying, you know, rude things or being controversial on your Instagram... That might be it. So, like you know, I think think about how you're like positioning yourself in the Instagram on your Less Instagram about the feed.
0: Numbers more about the content. Yeah,
1: like just is. who are you? Like you know, who do you want to be? And not totally like fake beautiful all the time. But I just think it's just being aware of that. That prospective employers will be looking at these pictures. Mm-hmm. I think that's something to think about. Um, oh God, that's amazing. Yeah, and uh, and but where I would say differently than Instagram. Is YouTube, if someone is inspired by YouTube to do something and build something, a following on YouTube is great. You can do more with a following on YouTube, I think, than Instagram, because you're mm-hmm. truly connected with your fans. And if you can can build something and talk about things that you like and connect with people there, I actually think a YouTube or a podcast, actually, mm-hmm. um, those sorry. are things that you're connecting people with a more meaningful way. And you can take those fans with you and you can turn it in to something. Yeah. Like, you know, like I have a friend with a podcast. Podcast who now has like a talk show on E or something Amazing. like that, right? Yeah. So um I don't know if it's Wait, e. was it
0: the Lady Gang?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Becca, them. like Becca Tobin, right? Oh, like yeah. yeah, so you know, awesome. So smart of her. And she worked really hard. Yeah, they're you know awesome. and yeah, so they she's really got great job. opportunities now. So um uh but I do think um if you want to invest time in any social media, I would say like podcast or YouTube is like is much smarter, For and again on YouTube, content. yeah. And think yeah. about what you want to create on YouTube. Do it because you love it too. Like, what's important to you? Is it a cooking show? Is it sort of like little comedy things with your friends? What is it? But, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think there's more value in YouTube.
0: That's in the long term, too. yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay, well, we've been talking for almost an hour.
1: Wow. So I was worried we'd have nothing to talk about. I knew
0: you were. <laughs> I told you I'd take like, of you of
1: Sam, What are we going to talk about He's this like, whole time? How long do then we I'm, have to do this for? <laughs> then I'm rambling on. I
0: told you I'd take you for. So last question. If you, Is there one thing that you wish that actors knew that we haven't covered yet? And it can be big. It can be small.
1: Oh, God. Well, I'll say what I really think, and then you can decide later if we should include it still or not, (laughs) right? But the thing is, it's like... When it's so hard to get in, when it's so hard to get in, if you're out to all these reps and you're going on all these auditions and you're not getting jobs and auditions and auditions, like, you know, my clients that... Work and are doing well, they get going on audition and audition again and again and they test on things and they're pinned on things and they do work and the clients that aren't hitting, you know, clients that aren't hitting that consider themselves not hitting but they're recurring on two shows this year and you know what I mean? Like...
0: Yeah, your scale changes.
1: Yeah, I guess your scale changes but like, uh, oh God, this is terrible but sometimes I wonder it's like, do you have to be an actor? Like maybe it's just not meant for certain people. Like maybe just pick something else. Is that terrible? No. You know, I think if you can't, I think someone always said, if there's anything else you can do other than that, it's a famous person said this, right? People and, always, oh, people people like, always if say, if there's anything else you can do other than acting, just do it. Do yeah. Um,
0: I wish there was something else I wanted
1: to do. Oh no, really? <laughs> yeah. Do you? God. It'd
0: be a little easier, I think. Yeah, sure. This is a lot, all the time.
1: Um, It is. And I just wonder if certain people should just like pick something else. Because if I wasn't a manager, I guess I would just pick something else. Like, I mean, I like it, but maybe I would like owning a restaurant or Mm -hmm. running a business that makes soda. I don't don't know. I just mean like, like, I don't know. Maybe I would. But you
0: did a lot of reflection and work to get where you are. And I think that's the difference.
1: I chose this career because I just thought I wanted to hang out with famous people and have a house in the hills. That's where (laughs) I was like, but I was, but honestly,
0: (laughs) we're recording this in his house in the hills. So (laughs) you're
1: doing okay. So yeah. Uh, But I chose it because I just wanted to pick something that I knew would take me a long time. I'm like, I realized in my life, I just like making goals happen. Like I just figure something out. So if it was a goal that I do in three months, well, after that, oh, now I'm bored. I need to make something else happen. So I chose this job because I knew it would take a long time for me to like build up everything I want to build up. So, uh, it would give me some reason to get out of bed every day. So I just kind of like chose it though. I'm going to go do that. And how the hell am I going to figure that out? So, uh, I did, but again, the advice that I would give actors, I don't know. I don't want to say never give up because I just feel like it's okay to just give up. It's actually. <laughs> oh God. No, no. Just pick like something it. different. I
0: like, I like the idea of reflecting <laughs> on what you actually want to do. I'm not kidding. It's really <laughs> good. because Oh God. Because people, a lot of times we get a lot of the cheesy, I don't want to be like cheesy, but you know what I mean? It's like, you're so good. It just keeps doing what you Like, but are you still happy? Have you thought about that? Right. Uh, are you still happy doing like when it when it hits, or do you feel that good, or does it feel like more stressful? And I do. I think it's a question everyone should ask themselves.
1: Well, speaking of like and finding the happiness and all that, I'll tell you this. Like, and I know because I've seen it, so I can speak about this. But I've seen people get everything they want in this business, and they're more miserable than when they were before. I think so. Uh, I don't know. So, find if, so the, is- uh, I don't know. So the belief that like, all oh, this career and all this money and all the popularity is going to make people so happy. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I guess it's such a movie thing to say like, but it doesn't bring you happiness, but it really doesn't. I've really seen it. Yeah. Miserableness. Is that a word? Miserableness? It is now. Miserableness. I don't know. Anyways, but I have seen it <laughs> firsthand, and it's shocking. Everything oh. people dream for, and they're miserable. So, so I don't know. So, no, I. That's, that's, I don't know. That's, that's true. <laughs> this is when really. Why do
0: say that you need to find your uh, other happy stuff outside of this one? Because it's, like if you're working once a year. There's a, there's 364 other days that you have to fill your time. And it hopefully is with something that makes you happy also.
1: Yeah, that's really true. I mean, because thinking, I guess that's true. Like just thinking that happiness is going to come when all those things occur. But if you can't like be happy now, yeah, you know, um, you probably won't be later, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know.
0: On that exceptionally positive note. That was
1: so negative. I'm <laughs> horrible. It's just it's been a long know. week, maybe, and it's only Wednesday. No, it's I don't al- know.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost Thanksgiving, so no, I love that. I like I like that you're real. I appreciate that. A lot of people <laughs> bullshit.
1: <laughs> just quit, everyone. Just quit <laughs> now. Just Your so lives will finale. be ruined. <laughs>
0: Oh, is there anything else you want to leave us with,
1: David Dean? Yes, something more upbeat. <laughs> I want to say never give up. Believe in your dreams.
0: No, we don't believe you. <laughs> no, okay. No. It doesn't always have to be positive <laughs> bullshit.
1: But like maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something else can, that could can bring you happiness. That's, I guess, all I'm saying. I,
0: I Not you specifically. That. I'm saying no, no. T-
1: <laughs> the general person out there. Like, just, it's okay.
0: Yeah. It's all... It's not, and it's going to be okay, guys.
1: This career not that great for people. <laughs> Being an actor. I don't think... I wouldn't want to be an actor.
0: Uh, yeah, sometimes no. I don't want to be one either. <laughs> <laughs> the hits just keep on coming, man. Um, okay. Well, then this is the end of our show. Thank you so much for sitting down and taking this time.
1: Thanks. I hope I did well. You
0: did really good. Stop Thank doubting you. yourself.
1: All right. Bye. <laughs> bye, Thank <guys>. you. <laughs>
0: And that brings us to the end of episode 11. <laughs> Wasn't he hilarious? You guys, I love, 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 not only the real information we got from David Dean, but the real advice. I think it is, as as funny as he thought it was, I think it is important to reflect often on whether this is really, really, really what you want to be doing or whether it's more of a hobby. Like, honestly, it's something I have to ask myself Constantly, And it may sound funny or it may sound harsh or whatever, but it's a really good question of voice, especially from someone who works hard for actors all day long. So thank you again, Diva Dean, for sitting down with me, for your time, for your honesty. Guys, that's the end of episode 11. Can you believe it? We have one more episode coming this season. It's going to be great. You guys probably already know I promised you another roundtable episode. So we're going to end episode 12 next week with a special roundtable actor episode. Get excited. Big shout out and thank you to We Audition for sponsoring this podcast. If you guys haven't checked them out yet, now is the time. Get on board. Give them a lookout. That's a great way to keep your skills sharp and get in some scene work over the holidays. When everyone else is chilling, you can be doing a little extra credit. Just an idea. Keep an eye out. We're going to work with them hopefully soon on another self-tape challenge again in 2019. You guys, thank you so much for the ratings, reviews. Contact me on Instagram, all the things. Follow me at Sam Valentine. Tag me in your posts. Subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends. And that's all I got for you today. Happy Hanukkah. Love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week.